1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 158 of the, of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is late into the night here on Sunday evening because the Braves played a night game, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know what happened, but we'll talk more about what happened over the weekend in a moment, but first let me introduce my guest or, or co-host or however you want, want to put that in this particular context, the great Eric Cole is here. What's up, man?
0: what's going on man i just had to do a nice little unexpected three-hour drive but i've made it back and ready to talk some baseball
1: yeah i mean you didn't miss much other than a ugly baseball game that was not too much fun to consume um i guess spoiler alert if you are listen to this podcast and don't know this i'm not sure how you got here but the Braves are 0-3 uh they got swept in philadelphia in pretty dominant fashion honestly uh none of these guys were particularly close i know there was a there was a two-run loss um earlier in the weekend but it actually wasn't that close frankly it was uh, that was uh, two kind of meaningless insurance uh, semi-insurance runs whatever you want to say that in the ninth inning by the Braves on Saturday but three blowouts to be honest with you and um sort of appropriately I will say our our fellow Talking Chop co-host Scott Coleman has apparently inspired a, a full-scale um, Braves Twitter overhaul of profile pictures to the Tiger Woods meme so that kind of tells the story of what happened over the weekend
0: yeah, I actually just. I literally just walked back in the door from having to, to deal with some family stuff. And I have a sea of notifications, and the vast majority of them are people tweeting at me saying that, you know, I'm one of the people that needs to change my profile picture to the Tiger Woods meme. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, yeah. So I guess this is a thing now. Uh, it, yeah.
1: it, it apparently is, and uh, I'm not going to be doing that because I have other responsibilities. But I don't blame anybody that does. It, it's definitely appropriate, and you know Scott frequently uses that particular meme. Uh, I think appropriately and fantastically usually, yeah, and I even I even, so even quote tweeted it today um, earlier during the game. About, I thought I, I said I believe I, I believe I said it was that it was appropriate for the time, and it was um, because the Braves. Just didn't play very well. Um, without ah, going through so many all of these. the, Sorry. yeah, I mean, without without going through all the mess that it was. Anything stick out to you? We're gonna dive into the bullpen. I think it's probably the centerpiece of this podcast, considering how bad it was. But I mean, blown out Friday, Saturday lost by two, but it was really a four point, a uh, four point, four run game, and then Sunday, it was tied through four innings, and then it wasn't anymore.
0: Uh, I mean, the the offense looked okay. They 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 didn't obviously. Do partic- like crazy well, but I mean, in the first game, Acuna reached base three times, and like you're seeing contributions here and there. Dansby's looked good, so like in terms of offensively, like I didn't really have any issues. The, the, this pitching staff just has to stop walking people. It's unbelievable. I mean, they had nine tonight.
1: walks, twenty walks, and nine innings, and and, and twice seven innings. That is uh, not going to work. What yeah, you that's
0: that's really bad, and you know you're going to expect to see some rust and things like that. And a lot of these guys were kind of thrust into like the roles that they're in because of injuries and the starting rotation. So the short version of the story is I'm not drawing too many conclusions over a three game sample size. When multiples of these guys, it was like was particularly unlikely that they were going to make the roster out of opening day to begin with. Uh, In the bullpen, you have like the Shane Carls and Luke Jacksons of the world. And then you, and, and other, I mean, there's other culprits. I mean, those are just kind of two examples. And then, you know, in the rotation you have, you know, Kyle Wright making his debut, Bryce, Bryce Wilson, you know, he's made one start in the major leagues before and you kind of put him in the opening series on the road in Philadelphia where that place has been nuts. I'm just not drawing too many conclusions, but there's, there's things that can't stay true. And the chief among them is like having Shane Carl and Luke Jackson getting like multiple appearances in the opening series. That is not something that can continue. Fortunately, there are some guys who are going to be coming back into the bullpen. Coming back, they're going to be healthy for the bullpen in theory. But you also have, you know, and you have some younger arms that maybe you can pull up from Gwinnett that can maybe replace some of these arms that haven't been doing particularly well, whether that be in the rotation or the bullpen. Like that—that that was kind of the idea of the early season, anyway. Is just kind of, you know, see who's pitching well. If that doesn't work, try someone else. that's next man up. And, you know, right now, just the pitching staff's just not getting the job done. They're giving up a ton of runs. Uh, and a lot of it's because of free passes and just not being able to command. Period. So,
1: yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the offense in a second. But yeah, you know, to your point about the pitching staff, before the first game started, so this is not revisionist. Before the first game started, I, I tweeted some critical things about the bullpen and the way it looked um and I, I did provide the caveat that mentor is not there and he'll be there eventually because he's you know arguably the best pitcher in the bullpen but even with mentor i would argue this is not a good bullpen um we said that on this podcast a week ago in the prediction section we talked about the fact that look this this not gonna be a strength like i guess there's a world in which is not which is not a weakness but coming into the year it already didn't look great on paper it was inexplicable to me that they did not upgrade somewhere like the fact that, they, that the Braves did not sign a single relief pitcher until Josh Tomlin if you even count Josh Tomlin in March is still inexplicable to me I mean there are lots of inexplicable things about the offseason but that was one that's high on the list and granted we'll say this a lot on this podcast I'm sure it's only three games it's only three games it's only three games I understand that and I'm usually um, someone who likes to lean into the larger sample and not make overreactions positively or negatively so I'm gonna stay true to that to some degree but because we we said this before things started, the bullpen struggling is not really that big of a surprise, especially without Mentor. Just for context here, um, three games, 11, 11 and a third innings, ten hits, nine walks, two hit two hit by pitches, and thirteen earned runs. Now, that is comically bad. Like not even this bullpen will be this bad. I understand that, and we say that again now. Uh, thirteen earned runs and eleven and a third innings with nineteen sorry twenty one base runners is uh, impossibly bad. So no worries, but. The 2018 bullpen, which is basically the same group because they didn't add anybody, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things that didn't didn't change much. Um, The 2018 bullpen was 10th in the ERA in the National League, which is far below average, and they were dead last in the National League walk rate last year. Even with, like, a fantastic half season from Dan Winkler, for instance, like, there were some positive aberrations, like, Ventures was great, etc. So, you know, it'll be better than this. But at the same time, it's a real weakness at the moment. And even if you squint really hard and count on Mentor, of course, being back, and then I guess maybe Darren O'Day, although there's basically nothing out there right now on, on O'Day that's too super uh, optimistic in terms of updates and all that fun stuff, Like it's not going to be a good bullpen, even if it's obviously going to be better than this.
0: Yeah, I just think that in order for this bullpen I – mean, the plus side, I mean, Wes Parsons had two appearances. One was one was like a good he had a really good spring. One one appearance was good. The other one was less than good. So but he's a guy that like he does throw strikes. And if you can get some of these other young arms where maybe like instead of running out these guys who very clearly cannot throw strikes and like are walking the world giving you know giving freed some more time in the bullpen giving maybe giving Tukey some time in the bullpen maybe you need to move Bryce Wilson or Kyle Wright to kind of get them you know let them kind of air things out and maybe they're better in the bullpen and can kind of have their stuff play up a little bit more you know you can there, there's things you can do to make this bullpen you know passable to, to good um obviously the answer that we're gonna the question we're gonna get is when is the when are the Braves gonna sign Craig Kimbrell and you know, the short answer is, and it seems like the Brewers are kind of I mean. The rumor was that the Brewers and the Braves were, were still kind of wanting to get Kimbrel into the fold, and it seems like the problem is that Kimbrel really wants a, a, a large number of years on that contract. And honestly, you know, at this point, you just have to think that it's just not going to happen. So the only yeah, Bra- I mean, option, Braves, Yeah, it's also Braves just have, not
1: about Kimbrel. Like that's the thing. Yeah. I understand. That's that's the easy narrative talking point. We and have, we have to talk about it at some at some point, but. It goes well beyond that. Like it sure. It didn't have to be Kimberl or Bus, it never needed to be. We talked about that quite a bit. They could have done, you know, myriad other things to improve the bullpen and they didn't do it. So Kimbrel's the obvious one because he's a former brave and the best pitcher available, but it didn't need to be that. It just
0: didn't the, there are no shortage of middle relievers that are passable to decent, that would not be expensive, and they did not be get acquired. It is just that simple. I mean, it might have been older guys that sell uh, want signed a one-year deals and, and stuff like that, but there are guys on this roster right now that do not need to be on a roster for a team that's trying to contend for a division title. It is it's just that simple? Luke Jackson has done nothing over the last couple of years to make you think this is a guy that I want out there on the mound to try to keep a to to hold a lead or to try to keep a team in the in in the lead. He's the guy that you put in when you have injuries and you're down seven to one, and you know, Shane Carl had a had a nice first half or really a nice maybe first month and a half for the Braves last year and hasn't been particularly good since. Um, the Braves did jettison Sam Freeman and, you know, that's nice and all. But at some point you need to take a hard look and realize that either you need to make – you need to acquire real assets and real arms or you need to commit to having some of these young arms in the bullpen instead of, instead of just committing to the idea that, nope, these guys are all starters – and we need to give them all innings so we're going to put them out in triple a because right now this club is faltering because they don't have the quality that they need on this pitching staff it's just it's that simple
1: yeah i mean they, they've they've been using max free out of the bullpen he's done a, he's one of the few guys that's done a solid job so far this year but at the same time he's supposed to be starting this week i'm not sure that's going to still happen because he's been used quite a bit in the bullpen but maybe they're going to do that and i guess um We have to say, with some respect to Luke Jackson, he was actually pretty good tonight. He had four strikeouts in two innings. He didn't pitch badly. But on the whole, I agree with you on him. And Shane Carl, actually, DOB reported that Carl left the clubhouse before speaking to the media, and he has a 27 ERA so far. So I guess that might be a pretense to maybe we'll see him elsewhere after today. I'm not, I'm not reporting that. No, nobody isn't. No, DOB wasn't either. But the fact that he didn't speak to the media is probably not the greatest thing in the world. So, I mean, changes could be coming. There's Winkler's in AAA for reasons, passing understanding. I'm not really sure what happened there still. Um, but even then, you know, Snicker talked to Gabe Burns, our good friend, over the AJC on Saturday before Sunday's game. And Snicker referenced the fact—I'm I'm quoting here from, from Snicker—until we get those three guys back, uh, presumably referring to the three injured pitchers, um, it's, it solidifies things. We're going to have to keep fighting, end quote. Um, there are four pitchers out, um, so <laughs> I think the, the 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 implication there could be that Darren O'Day is not anywhere close to returning because faulty Gosman— um, and mentor are guys who have been out. Um, and you, you have Soroka as well, but Soroka, I'm not going to count for this, this particular thing. I think that might be not the greatest thing in the world for Darren, for Darren O'Day who they're paying a lot of money. Um, well, so
0: I mean, well, whenever me, you hear, go ahead. whenever you hear, whenever you hear a for a forearm strain and that there's no timetable to return, that makes me think that they think that, Tommy John It just makes me think that I'm not reporting anything. I don't have any insight, yeah, but, I mean, but it seems like what the, what is on the table is let's see if everything can heal normally. But if it can't, then Tommy John is on the table because we've heard this, this has happened a lot in, in, well, in the lack, in the the lack of
1: updates is the thing. Like no one, and they're asked a lot. I know, I know Mark Bowman and Gabe and DOB are asked a lot and nobody has anything. And that generally is not a good sign um, for Deer Day. So for me, I'm going to have to assume the Braves are going to look forward without him for now. Um, Which and is a listen, big that was, he was part of the Gosman <laughs> deal. They, they didn't go out and sign him. He was part of the deal for Gosman. Uh, if, the, if, if O'Day is healthy and, and he's usually pretty good, but if he's not healthy and he's a pretty, he's, he's an older guy, I'm not going to worry too much about that right now. But even if you pencil and mentor returning pretty soon, and by the way, the returns are positive. You he threw, you threw 20 pitches on Saturday. It could be back as early as Thursday, according to the reporting that's out there. That would be obviously a huge, Add for the Braves. It won't fix everything. There are still some real weaknesses in this bullpen, but Mentor would cover up quite a bit. Um, so you know, I guess we'll just end here on the bullpen for um for a second. Just I'm on record as saying it's a weakness. I said that on th- I said that last week. So it was, this is not, this is not new information. But I mean, how worried are you about about the bullpen right now? Knowing Mentor's going to come back and knowing what we've seen so far, like how do you put those things together and come up with a rest of season projection for this bullpen?
0: I mean, I'm I'm worried, but I'm also cognizant of it being a small sample. Like we haven't seen much, we haven't seen much of Chad Sabatka. Parsons is kind of in a new role. I don't necessarily think that Luke Jackson's gonna be long for this world anyway, so he's not a guy that I'm projecting long term. Regardless, uh, Shane is kind of a weird one. Uh, obviously, uh, I mean, again, I was on the I was driving, so I wasn't aware that he had managed to, he had peaced out before talking to the media, but yeah, that, that, was, that, that was pretty that, recently reported by Dob, like
1: a less than an hour ago. So yeah, it's uh yeah. One. Yeah.
0: And that's a, that, that's, that, that's a bad look. And you know, I would be, I would expect that uh, while the Braves are headed back South for their home series, that I expect that we would see some, at least a roster move, maybe two. Uh, and it's just, it's hard for me to project just because it doesn't, it doesn't seem clear that the Braves are willing to let guys get, st- who are starting pitching prospects get experience in the bullpen, and if they're not going to do that, then we're relying on the health of Vizzy's shoulder, whatever's going on with Dan Winkler, hopefully him coming back, and then AJ Minter coming back. It's it's just hard to project because we just don't have enough information right now. Right now, it doesn't look good. This is the short yeah.
1: version. Yeah, that's uh, that's appropriate. And by the way, I should say I don't think I mentioned this before. Carl got ejected in this game for hitting Reese Hoskins after giving up a home run to Bryce Harper. So maybe he was just super mad and wanted to get out of there at least that's that's one example of something that could have happened um but man i so,
0: man, man, it sounds man i missed some fun on this sunday game
1: yeah uh well no i mean it was it's one of those where fun without, without going too deep into this uh carl gave up a homer to bryce immediately hit hoskins on i think on the next pitch if not if i'm if memory serves um brian mccann and others all argued that it was not intentional and by mccann's reaction it did not appear to be intentional but hoskins did not take kindly to it and there was an immediate ejection so i don't want to litigate that I, for me if i had to guess i would say it wasn't intentional um but at the same time it just it's not a good look after you give up a home run hit somebody pretty quickly so just one of those things and it's something to uh, keep in mind there with discussing shane carl but i mean if mentor comes back thursday that'd be really, really helpful i will go on record again and say even if he is around it's not his strength but at this point Braves fans would accept a mediocre bullpen. Just don't just don't be terrible and don't walk don't walk the world. Um, I don't want to go too deep into the starters, but it wasn't just the bullpen in, in these three games. The starters were not great either. Twenty walks, um, kind of speaks for itself. Kyle Wright had five walks tonight, for instance. Like it wasn't this is not a bullpen only issue. The starters were not exactly sure. lights out in these three games either. Julio had some encouraging moments, I thought, on Friday, but still
0: he I, was I like, dominant. He definitely yeah, he definitely pitched better than his overall line was. He got I agree like with a, that. I mean, it was like some ground balls that found holes, uh, an error on a tough play on Dansby. I mean, it was that the, 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 he wasn't necessarily a problem, you know. And Bryce and the, I saw the beginning of the game with with Wright. They just both looked really nervous and were having trouble like kind of locating pitches.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about either either Wilson or Wright in a big picture sense. It's just no. one of those things where you're looking <laughs> at a rotation trying to win trying to win at a high level this year, you know, regardless of what what they did did or didn't do in the offseason they have high expectations and to open a season and your first three guys pitching for you are Julio Tehran off of a bad year last year, Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright in 2019. It's just not the greatest look. And I know Fulte's coming back. We should talk about the injured guys now. Um, but that's just a good jumping off point just to say that the present day rotation is not exactly inspiring either.
0: Oh well, no, I mean, fortunately, no, it sounds like Fulte's been coming back soon and you know, we Gaussman should be back by the like, beginning of April sometime. So yeah. What we're going to ultimately, we're going to be getting guys who are rusty coming right out of spring, like kind of restarted spring training. So they might be a little bit rusty, too. And, you know, we're not the Braves are not getting starters out of the fifth inning right now. And when, when that's happening and your bullpen struggling, I mean, it's just going to they're going to be long games and. You know, they're just going to have to start getting some really meaningful production out of the starting rotation, if for no other reason, that at least it will limit the bullpen's exposure some because, I mean, right now it just seems like no one's really throwing strikes and, you know, they're not striking batters out. And it seems like even when they're, you know, getting out of innings, they're not clean innings and it's just, it just feels like they're, they're hanging on for dear life.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's early. We'll, we'll, I'll say it one more time sure. just for now, and I'll say it again three later. Games. But three games, uh, three games, one fifty nine to go. It's it, it started about as bad as humanly possible to get swept by a rival that just spent a bunch of money and when you didn't, and they look great and you don't. That's a, a brutal look for all parties. But it's three games. Um, all right, we'll, we'll move on for now. Um, talk about some news. We we referenced Folti and Gosman. Just specifics here. Fulty threw forty three pitches on Friday in a uh, rehab outing. Originally, it was reported that he could return on April 9th, but now it looks like it's going to be April 14th, um, according to the reporting that's out there from Mark Bowman. And it looks like he's going to have two more rehab starts to get back on track. Still, that's only two weeks away. That's not too long. Uh, April 14th will be pretty encouraging for Folty. And in the same breath, Kevin Gosman is on track for a, de- a, de- a debut later this week, which would be nice. Um, Gosman is not a dominant pitcher necessarily, but he's someone who I think reasonably you could expect him to be better than what we've seen so far from the brace pitchers, um, so the combination of those two things is very nice. Um, do you have any more thoughts on those guys other than they just need to get back and be in rotation?
0: I mean, yeah, they just they they just need to get back. Um, I would have hoped that with like a couple of the, one of the young guys would have you know put together an encouraging start. But right now the door seems open to just about anybody to get in, for the young guys to get in the rotation. Fulte and Gaussman are going to have a much longer leash. I think because one of the late start and two. You know that they're, they're, they kind of have established track record records of being uh, at least decent to very good in the case of Fulte. So, but I mean, we—I don't—I think it's not crazy to think that we could see Tuki Toussaint in the rotation soon, uh, assuming Soroka is healthy and you know is able to. He'll, he'll probably throw another. He'll probably throw a couple games in Gwinnett. But if there's people struggling in the rotation, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just sitting there waiting for their opportunity. So, not not a crazy notion that what we see right now is going to fluctuate a lot over the next few weeks until the Braves kind of settle in kind of who they want to lock in on and you really give a shot at this thing. So, I guess my general advice is I understand that things don't look good now, but there's like a lot of things that can change in short order just from internal options, not just, you know, not signing guys or trading for guys or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely fluid, which is something, something we knew even a few days ago when we were talking about this. The rotation is going to be fluid. There's only a, a couple of guys who I just know are going to be there if they're healthy, but, um, yeah. Uh, worth noting, as you kind of referenced there, Soroka, uh, DOB reported this week that Soroka is sitting in the low to mid-90s with his fastball with no shoulder issues in minor league games, and he's on track to be in the rotation for Gwinnett to open the season. That's very encouraging. I know you are the world's leading Mike Soroka uh, supporter. Yeah, uh, that was that, that was a good sign. I mean, you still have to hold your breath with a shoulder, but all signs are good for now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean everything we've heard about Soroka. I mean, he's been pretty transparent. he like I interviewed him right before the season and like the injuries he's had to his shoulder. He had like a muscle under his scapula. It's nothing structural like it's not like a rotator cuff or like, you know, like those muscle tears in areas that we're kind of used to hearing about and being terrified of that ruin careers. I mean, shoulders for a pitcher are like are the worst injuries because with an elbow, we know of an, a surgery that has a high success rate. No such procedure exists for shoulders. Uh, but it sounds like he just had like a muscle under his scapula that caused him problems. And then when this, this most recent one, when he was like lifting weights or whatever, he pulled a muscle kind of more in his neck area that just caused him problems. And, you know, it, it stinks. Right. And it's not to say that he won't have issues down the road just because pitchers are pitchers. But I, I never really was in the camp that I was like, you know, concerned that like he would never pitch again or like it'd be like a midseason thing. It's just kind of because he got hurt, he got put behind and there were so many other guys that were competing and doing well in the spring. So I'm, I'm, I'm still obviously very optimistic about Soroka. And I think that he, I think eventually he's just going to, you know, cement a spot in the rotation. And he'll be fine. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm still on the record um, with the rotation itself, uh, independent of Soroka, that it's not a strength, just like the bullpen uh, at the moment, and it would take some uh, squinting to see it as a strength, considering the uncertainty. I mean, there's upside with young guys always, especially talented young guys like Wright, like Tukey, even Rice-Wilson. There is some upside there when you're talking about those kind of quality arms, but as a baseline exercise, this is this is not a World Series-level rotation right now, uh, just flat out. Um, so that's something that is also concerning. I, I understood more and said this, I think, throughout the offseason, that The Braves didn't want to invest big time in the starting starting rotation. I understood it somewhat more because they have all the young young arms. I still would have recommended that, but at least I understood it, whereas the bullpen I never understood, and we kind of said that. But worth saying again real quickly here just to say that I, I get it with the young guys. They're around. I think they're better suited probably for 2020 and beyond than 2019, most of them. But at the same time, they do have some upside if things work out well.
0: Yeah, I mean if you if you want to figure out who's going to be in your rotation and who's going to be in your long-term plans, like one of the ways you have to do that is just by giving these guys opportunities and if you yeah. felt like if you felt like signing somebody was going to take away those opportunities and make that process harder, I get it. You know, and I I was not, I was not in the camp of trying to sign a starting pitcher just because if for no other reason I felt like those resources were going to be better spent elsewhere. They didn't do that either. So, you know, it's kind of one of those well, if you're not going to do anything, then that's a little bit disappointing, but um, you know, there are positives to take away from the series. There are some things that did look that did look good, uh, in particular the guy that the next week I'm going to talk about is Dansby, who's looked really good both in the spring and lately at the plate. I've actually been really happy with him.
1: Yeah, let's go to the offense now a little bit. It was uh, As you referenced at the top of this podcast, it wasn't like it was a great offensive weekend, but it was uh, much better than the pitching was on the bright side. Um, Dansby was one of the highlights. He had a home run, he had a double, he had two walks um he had a, he was randomly double switched out of the game in the 6th inning of this game Um, two very interesting double switches from uh yield manager this weekend which I'm going to leave alone for now but Dansby still had a pretty productive weekend and you know overall I think his OPS is like 1200 right now which doesn't really matter it's very early but um the opposite field home run that he hit was uh pretty encouraging you know Dansby he he just looks great i mean i think everyone kind of agrees that he looks like a different guy at the plate. It's a very small sample size, but even just mechanic, like mechanically, he looks much better to me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the like he, they're he's getting a healthy dose of sliders outside, which last year he would swing at every time and wouldn't come close to hitting. And now he's spitting on those pitches. He's drawing walks. He's hitting the ball hard, uh, even when they're outs. You know, what I mean, like that's all I kind of care about. Is like, you know, are you making hard contact? Because that the rest of the everything kind of takes care of itself. And he's been a guy who's been hitting the ball hard. And, you know, he's being able to drive the ball the other way. Those pitches on the outside don't seem to be bothering him as much. That's been really encouraging. I mean, Ozzie and, Ozzie and Acuna, I mean, like, the, the the numbers necessarily for, like, you know, like, Acuna hasn't, like, hit, you know, got on a torrid tear been, when it they've comes They've been to...
1: fine, though. Ronnie and Ozzy yeah. have been fine.
0: Yeah, they're, 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 they haven't been the problem. Freddie's looked really good. Um, freddy has been incredible. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah.
1: Right now, Freddie's uh, Freddy's OPS is, like, 1,500. He's 6 of 10 at the plate with a couple of walks, too. Like, he is... Uh, any question that I had um, about Freddie about Freddie is no longer a question. He looks like his old self, which is good.
0: Uh, I I did get a fair number of chuckles when I when uh, Matt Joyce hit his uh, pinch hit home run and shouts uh, to Matt Joyce, yeah, and and announced that he passed Adam Duvall on the career Braves home run list.
1: It uh, <laughs> hurts my soul a little bit, but uh, shouts <laughs> to Matt Joyce. Listen, we were. Uh, we we're pretty supportive of Matt Joyce. Um, four, yeah, what, like five days ago when we, when we when we when we talked last, I think he's uh just fine.
0: Yeah, he's a pinch hitter. He does stuff. He draws walks. Apparently, he has home runs too. That's good. We uh, did
1: just reference uh, everyone that's been good on the offense, and everybody else has been bad, which is uh worth pointing out. There's three or four guys in particular that have really struggled. And again, it's three games, but uh the trio of Enciarte, uh, Donaldson, and Marcakis have not been good. And if you look at the lineup the way that it's laid out right now, um, when it, when your top two spots do nothing, and listen, I'm not worried about Donaldson yet, it's very early, and Ender is, you know, we, we're well documented on our thoughts there, but just the way the lineup is laid out, you know, Freddie's been fantastic, but everybody around him has not been very good, and that's that's it makes it, t- it makes it tough to score runs, especially when you know a lot of your lumber so far has been laid by Joyce and Charlie Culberson <laughs> off the bench in very supporting roles. Your start your starting eight has not been fantastic at the plate.
0: Uh, no, they, they they've, there's definitely been some struggles, and but you but you see encouraging things from some of those guys. Others, it's a little bit more concerning. But again, you know, I'm I'm just I don't know. I just I, Feel like that opening on the road in Philadelphia in a stadium that is like particularly fired up right now because they, you know they they got their hands on you know the biggest like the biggest names out there right now you know they got the big they executed probably one of the biggest trades in in real Muto I can't think of any others that were bigger and then they signed Bryce Harper and Bryce Harper hit two home runs in this series and Real Muto did work too so and not to mention Andrew McCutchen who apparently the Braves lack the ability to get out at all. So it's, you know, it's been, it was a tough series, but it's one that I'm like, you know what, maybe they come, maybe they get back to Sun Trust and they, this is something that can be easily turned around. Uh, it's not a particularly easy task when you have the Cubs coming up, but it's, you know, it's something that I'm, not, I'm not drawing too many conclusions right now, other than to say, like, it's not surprising to see them struggle given the situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking at Philly's lineup and the way that it played this weekend, McCutcheon has a OPS over a thousand Bryce's is, is over sixteen hundred. As is Reese Hoskins. As is Mikhail Franco. So yeah. they had well, no I mean trouble that, at the plate. Real Muto has uh, about eleven, about eleven hundred in his own right. Like there was no, were no issues with Philly's offense. They were uh, lights out.
0: Yeah, they played really well. Uh, still, uh, there's still some real questions about that team for me, pitching wise I mean, at least, yeah. defense wise. Yeah. Well, defensively, <laughs> not, not, it's, not, it's, not,
1: not, not at the plate, really though. Like their offense is going to be good, man. I, I can't imagine it's not going to be good. Just the way yes. it plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the kind of one of the low key additions they had was Segura, him kind of batting second and being a consistently a, a good hitter over his you know his recent career. I mean that, that that kind of sets things up and makes it harder to kind of you know pitch to Reese Hoskins the way you have to pitch to him to strike him out. Uh, and as it was, the, the Braves just didn't pitch to him, and when they did, they got punished for it. So it just kind of st- it it just was overall kind of a a crummy weekend. Uh, crummy opening weekend, but something that I'm not drawing too many conclusions about.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, in general, it's not great to spot one of your rival's three games in uh, March before the calendar flips to April, just big picture-wise, but it's also only three games. Um, just some weirdness that happened. Uh, we're not going to spend time on the um, lineup construction. That was the number one question I got hilariously again tonight, even after all the bullpen stuff. I think it was kind of implied. Everyone knew that, we, we, that we'd be talking about the bullpen on this podcast, but number two... Was why is Ender leading off? And uh, our thoughts are well documented. I'm not going to do that again. It's not a good idea. We disagree with it. But here we are, and they're doing it anyway. Yep. I had
0: 98 percent of people were were agreeing with me when I was complaining about it uh, when this was happening, and the two percent that that were disagreeing with me were very very upset with me because uh, apparently if you say yeah be, I mean, because if you say anything bad about a Braves player, it turned apparently that makes you a bad person, and I. Don't know what to say to you other than to say you probably need to follow someone else.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can, we can leave that there for now, but I mean, let's just say nothing's changed in our minds on the lineup construction. Correct. We disagree with it, and we still do. And three three games isn't going to change that because we we're, we're already on the record on this one. Um, other other weirdness. It wasn't just the pitching, like you know, nothing insanely like impactful here, but two double switches that didn't really work out very well. Um, Freeman stealing with Ronald Acuna at the plate. Early in this, uh, I think that was, it was, it was on Friday. That was that was a bizarre one. There was a weird Dansby Swanson bunt after he would already showed himself to be kind of scalding hot. And he was suddenly bunting for no reason. There were, th- I think, three guys caught stealing in the series. I think if you include Freddie, it's one of them. But uh, just some weirdness, like nothing. Again, nothing insanely like memorable bad, but just like little things that the Braves didn't do either. On top of not pitching well and not hitting that well, <laughs> like it was kind of the holy. Troy Humbert I guess the defense was fine but other than that it was there was a lot of errors just across the board
0: I am generally in favor of aggressive base running and Sometimes you're gonna have like a game or a series where that you get punished really badly for it Maybe they just felt like they needed to test real Muto because this is a team that like steals bases and tries to ki- catch people off guard They didn't they just didn't catch Philly off guard. They, they really knew that they were gonna be trying to run uh, but I, I'm, I am generally in favor of aggressive base running. One, I enjoy watching it. And two, this is a team that is c- generally built built for it. Now, I'm not sure why Freddie Freeman needs to be kind of trying to get in on that. Maybe it's kind of like you know like the old double bluff, like, you know, well, they think the rest of the team will run, but that I won't, but that's why I'm going to run now type thing. But maybe there was a miss sign for like a hit and run. Maybe there was, you know, it just, I don't know. I'm not sure what the decision-making hit was there. And same thing with the one. You You can't really assume that, like that, he, he was like called on to bunt in that situation maybe he thought he saw an opportunity to like bunt towards first and make reese hoskins actually make a defensive play uh, again something that i understand and if you're trying to bunt for a hint you know bunt for a hint but it's you have to be a little better at it and a little bit the execution needs to be a lot better and again you're going to see that 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 sort of stuff early in the season in terms of like the weird double switches and stuff like that we don't really know if like people are like you know Still getting loose and getting loose, and maybe you need to get some people out of there for other reasons other than just tactically. But
1: that is a very, very courteous explanation by you, Eric, and I appreciate that.
0: Well, um. well, it, 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 <laughs> in mo, in mo, now if 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 we start seeing these weird double switches and these personnel decisions continuing to be made over the course of the first couple of months of the season, my feelings will change. But for right now, I am not particularly. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not willing to draw the conclusions. I understand where you're coming from in the sense that it's not like we didn't see these weird double switches last year or these weird personnel decisions last year in terms of being you know, hopelessly attached to relievers that probably shouldn't be pitching in the situations that oh, they're that's,
1: in. That's the one I actually forgot to write down. This is probably the most uh, bothered I was by anything tactically that was done this weekend. It was actually on Friday. When the first two, relie- sorry, the first three relie- relievers out of the bullpen were Shane Carl, Wes Parsons, and Luke Jackson, in a two-run game, um, on opening hey. day with a day with a day off after that, and then and then Eric, they used Max Fried as a one-inning reliever in the eighth, and I was like, I was absolutely uh, dumbfounded. Th- it, it was th- the game was over at that point. I'm like, wait, Max Freed's coming in now. What
0: what do we do? What are we doing uh, here? Okay. The idea of Max Free pitching in that game, I understand.
1: Yes, no, I mean, as
0: As one of his bullpens for his start. Now, why he wasn't out there before Shane Carl, In the sixth? Uh, that, <laughs> yes. that I have no answer for whatsoever. Oh, but, it, was,
1: it was mind-blowing. I mean, again, this is a, it's a one-game thing, and we're not going to go... This is a weekly podcast for the most part. I'm not going to go, you know, move by move every game. That's not what we're going to do here, at least until the playoffs, if that happens again. But... Man, right out of the gate, I was like, "Wait, the Braves just threw arguably their two worst pitchers on opening day with a day off after that. And then they trotted out Max Freed in mop-up duty, and I was I was completely dumbfounded. Like, again, they they lost again by 6 runs, so it's they might have lost anyway. They were already losing. I understand that, but man, that was not a, a way that I uh, was was prepared to start my uh, Braves journey, I suppose. But anyway, I, it's just I, one of
0: those things. I, I, res- I respect your position. And to our loyal listeners, if you could just bookmark this podcast and maybe, I don't know, m- the first week of May, and we're still hearing and seeing these things, uh, we may be revisiting this in a, in a longer form fashion. Uh, Listen,
1: I mean, it's going to happen. And I. Um, by the way, I'm still I'm I'm looking at TweetDeck as we record and just seeing this the the stream of Tiger Woods memes and I'm still just my, my
0: notifications are a nightmare, dude. I'm yeah, telling. So you, got, sh- like-
1: show us to Scott, um, the legend that he is. I'm sure he'll listen to this. If he doesn't, then I'll tell him about it. But um, it's it's just so appropriate for what just transpired. Again, we we know it's three games. It couldn't have possibly gone worse for the Braves, their own three. They're the only team in Major League Baseball that is winless right now as April arrives in three minutes. It's almost midnight on the East Coast right now when we're recording. It'll be April, and the Braves will not have a win yet. You know, nothing's good about that, but uh, there's some amusement at least. People are taking it in stride for the most part. Um, Looking ahead real quickly before we get out of here, Eric, um, the Braves are home now. They uh, have six games this week. At SunTrust Park, beginning on Monday against the Cubs. Um, you know the Cubs are having their own issues in some ways with their pitching staff. Um, at the moment, the Cubs are definitely scoring all kinds of runs, but they're one and two, and uh, they have they have allowed, I believe, it is twenty three runs in three games to the Rangers. Granted, that was in Texas, but um, it should it could be a, a battle of offenses against Chicago. But Sean Newcomb scheduled to take the mound on Monday. And then followed by Julio, I guess Max Freed, if he still starts, will be uh, penciled in for Thursday if they still have him ready to go. Might be a shortened start considering all the time that he has pitched. And then Miami comes to town after that. So what are you looking for this week? The Braves do have an off day on Tuesday. But other than that, six games in seven days and all in Atlanta.
0: Well, I mean, they have to feel good about going against the Marlins. So <laughs> that that, that Cubs series could be tough. It's just even it, with the, the Cubs being one and two, the, the best thing for them is just being at home and kind of being in kind of a friendly atmosphere it's not it has nothing to do with like ballpark factors or you know like you know like you know the dimensions of the field it's just that they were in a super hostile super loud environment that was that was not a a great place to have a bunch of young guys uh, especially pitchers kind of make their debuts now they're going to be in a place where you know the you know the the hometown faithful are going to be you know, really like rooting for their mom and being excited to see Donaldson for the first time, and then they're gonna see Acuna and Freeman. Um, this is like the first opening day that Acuna is actually gonna be on in the lineup, and you know Brian McCann coming back is going to be a thing, I'm sure too. And it, it, I'm I am hopeful that they put on a good, they they put on a good show and that they perform well. Uh, I expect that the Cubs series could be tough. Uh, I do not expect the Marlins series to be tough. So you know it goes without saying that you know, it's, it's very possible that those two could be switched just because of, I said it out loud, but you know, yes. I, 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 it's, I think it, it's
1: baseball. <laughs> things, yeah. are, things happen. that are weird in baseball, even against bad teams or good teams. Um, every team wins 50 generally or more. So, uh, well, yeah, ones I mean, the Marlins against the Braves.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the Houston Astros are one in three right now, and I feel very confident in saying
1: they're good at baseball. The, the,
0: yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a good team. And more importantly, I mean, like, you know, the Nationals are one and two, so like weird stuff happens, so it's whatever. But I do not think that the Braves will remain winless, be the only winless team by the end of the week. I, I feel fairly confident in saying that.
1: Yep, that's probably a safe assumption to make. And uh, we will talk much, much more about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, this is going to be a shorter pod than normal. I wanted to, first of all, we had a podcast, what, four days ago. So nothing terribly new aside from just the stuff that happened on the field. Um, and then next week we'll, we'll be back. We're trying to get back on the Sunday rotation. Um, by the time we get this up, it'll probably be uh, very early Monday morning, like midnight, twelve thirty, something like that. But it's a Sunday night podcast. We're back on schedule, so um, I guess lead your hate off in this particular spot for my scheduling, and hopefully we will keep this going for a while now. Uh, Eric, please plug yourself. I know we had a brand new Road to Atlanta episode this week that, that dropped, so if people missed that. Please plug that, and um, anything else.
0: Uh, sure, you can follow me at Leprechaun with a K on Twitter, where I'm going to be. I mean, the minor league season starting up this week too. So it's going to be kind of a busy week for me getting that started. You're going to be seeing some content from me. I'm going to Rome the day after tomorrow to uh, kind of do their preseason workout stuff and kind of see who's going to be at Rome and what's going on down there. Um, so you'll be seeing that on my my account, possibly on the Talking Chop as well as the uh, Road to Atlanta Twitter account as well. Um, Road to Atlanta is going to be coming out every Thursday night. Uh, the goal is to kind of be leading into those weekend games and also kind of leaving that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday area where you can listen to the Talking Chop podcast and Brad's Dulcet Tones, uh, whereas <laughs> where you can listen to uh, Garav, Garrett, Matt and I kind of, you know, do walking around about prospects, uh, you know, kind of during your weekend, I guess is the best way to describe it. And uh, it's going to be it's a lot of fun. It was it felt a little rusty coming back like actually hosting the show and you know getting in th- going through all of that especially when it was like we we're previewing every minor league roster that we could get our hands on so it was it felt a little bit rusty but it was a lot of fun and the response has been really good If we always enjoyed doing the show i'm glad to have the technology thing the technology side of things much better um and allowing for that show to like continue to exist so it's gonna be every week and i already have a ton of guests that have already uh, recommitted or committed to come on to the show, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a fairly guest-heavy show, just because of the nature of it, where you can only talk about the same prospects so many times. But if you find n- new and and smart people to talk about them, that you can learn something new and kind of how prospect evaluation works, uh, especially leading up to the draft and things like that. So it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was good to good to hear uh, that podcast. You'll be hearing a lot more of Eric, both on this show and, of course, on Road to Atlanta. So uh, buckle up for I that. Apologize. It's on the same feed. On the same feed. So if you're subscribed to this, you should already get that. If you're not subscribed to this, go ahead. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and subscribe. And if you get this podcast, you'll also get Road to Atlanta in the same feed twice a week. It's just one of those things. You'll have both, both, both sides of the... Uh, Braves thing and with the occasional crossover because, of course, Eric's on both shows often and um, every once in a while we'll do some prospect stuff on this podcast. I'll have a guest on or I'll prompt Eric to do prospect things and I'll try my best to skim the very top of prospect stuff as I usually do and we'll have fun. So, thank you for joining me, Eric, and uh, I guess braving the elements that you had to brave this evening to come back and uh, talk to me, so I appreciate that.
0: I am I am shocked that I, I didn't get shot. I turned off three different dirt roads to go get my daughter. So... <laughs> It was brutal. Uh, I am I am I'm happy to have arrived safe and sound and got the dog bite forward.
1: Yeah, it was good. And uh, again, one more time, please subscribe to this podcast. Um, please, you know, lock it in. We'll, we'll be here every week. And uh, if nothing else, hopefully it'll be better, a better week for the Braves. And we'll see you guys in a week.